0: Good to see all of you here today. Um, I've seen folks from all three of our locations, and it's just good to be with family today. I know we have some guests here, and you are always welcome. We're so glad you're here, and we're looking forward to having guests with us all weekend, but it's good to be with our church family on Good Friday and uh, it's good to sing with you. You guys sound good. You have your Good Friday voices on. That's great. Uh, You can bring those with you every Sunday morning if you'd like, and uh, we're just looking forward to worshiping and celebrating all weekend long and and, and beginning today with with this time, and and, uh, I'm I'm always mindful of who else we're connected to, and I think of this on Sunday mornings, but on a weekend like this, uh, I certainly think about our friends that that are overseas that we partner with i think of our pastors in burkina faso and the things that they'll be doing to celebrate easter i think of our our pastors in cuba Uh, i think of our students in nicaragua today and some of you parents are thinking about them and wishing for one more day or maybe wishing that they'll be home but they've had a great week we've even got middle school students in far off orlando florida today and um deep dark place of the world orlando florida and um but we've got we we're the body of Christ is so connected and interwoven, and on a weekend like this, I think, it, I think it is good to be mindful, not only of our own community, but of what God is doing in the world. He's such a big God. He's such a good God, and He's done so much for all of us, and the cross it just shines so brightly, and the tomb is empty this weekend for all who would look. No matter how often I study the cross of Christ, I feel like I always learn something new. And a couple of weeks ago, I came across a name for Jesus that I had never seen before, and it it's, comes from a verse. It's based on a verse in Isaiah chapter 53. If you have your Bibles with you, I would love for you to turn to Isaiah chapter 53. This is a great prophetic passage written uh, as much as 700 years before the cross of Christ, and it, it, Isaiah gives us so much leading up to the cross, and I would challenge you to read this later on in your personal time with God today and tomorrow and, and, and even Sunday. It gives us a greater understanding of what God was doing for us. I'm only going to read a, a snippet of it, but the entire passage is really prophetic about the cross. But in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 3, it says this, He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. ...of the coming Messiah was written several hundred years before the time of Christ... ...and layering this passage onto the words we hear from the eyewitness accounts of the gospel writers... ...we can gain greater insights into what was happening on the cross. In verse 12 of this same passage, Isaiah explains to us that... ...Jesus was carrying the weight of all of our sins on that cross. I have read where some have said that our sins are the nails that pierced His hands and feet... Our sins are the thorns that pierced his brow. Our sins are the spear that pierced his side. However, it is important to notice that Jesus carried more than the weight of sin while he was hanging on that cross. He was also carrying so many other elements of our fallen world. Isaiah says that he bore or carried our grief and our sorrows. The words that the prophet is using in and saying that he carried our, our, our grief and our sorrows, are, are not referring to sin, but, but actually to, to suffering. Listen to some of the other definitions of these two words that are used by Isaiah. As the Hebrew words, you would, you would, they would encompass all of this. Words like sickness, disease, anxiety, bodily pain, and loss. Others who have commented on this passage have, have said that these words also contain with them poverty, be mocked being gossiped about, or being slandered. Jesus, the man of sorrows, he carried with him so much more than just our sins. In fact, he voluntarily took on all of those things we were just mentioning. There's a parable in ancient Judaism of of two rabbis asking about how they would recognize the Messiah when he comes. And in the parable, the two are really not able to come up with a good description. And so they say they are going to go ask Elijah. Elijah is known to be the forerunner of Christ. One like Elijah would come before him. And we know that to be John the Baptist. And so these two rabbis in this parable, they ask Elijah, how would we recognize Messiah when he comes? And here's the response that they get. He says, he will be outside the gates of Rome. He is sitting among the poor lepers. All of them bandaging their wounds. Early church fathers began to refer to Jesus with a name perhaps that you have considered before or perhaps not. I, I had never heard this and, and never considered this before the last several weeks. Early church fathers actually gave the Messiah the name the leper Messiah. Now many of you know what leprosy is or, or I've heard of it. It's a, it's a disease caused by a specific type of bacteria that... Infects the skin and the nervous system. If left untreated, it can cause severe damage. On its own, leprosy is not responsible for the loss of, of limbs and, and some of the things perhaps you've heard about, but but secondary infections can be. It's contagious. And some referred to those who have contracted leprosy as actually contracting walking death. Leprosy is known to have been very prevalent in Egypt. And in the scriptures, leprosy has a physical meaning. Those who had leprosy were were cast out of society. They were made to be outsiders. They were despised. They had insults yelled at them. Children would stop and and stare at them only to have their parents guide them on down or perhaps jerk them around to, to keep them moving away from these that you wanted to be so distant from. No one would tend to them because by doing so, you would be inviting this contagious disease upon yourself. And so this picture forms, in the early church, of a Messiah who would come and who would be compassionate enough to sit among the sick and the hurting. He would be caring enough to dress their wounds, and he would not be ashamed to be numbered with the outcast. But in the scriptures, leprosy also has a spiritual meaning. And in this spiritual component from the early church fathers fathers in the 2nd and 3rd century, they gave him this name, the leper Messiah. And it comes right out of what we were just reading in Isaiah 53. Isaiah tells us that Jesus was stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. In the scriptures, leprosy can refer to anything that, that attacks the wholeness and healthiness of the soul. It can be a self-inflicted wound caused by sin, or it can be contracted as a result of the sins of others. It can refer to moments of doubt, moments of loss, moments of guilt, moments of anguish. The idea of the sages of old is that on the cross, Jesus was given spiritual leprosy and becomes the leper Messiah for you and for me. He is the God who doesn't run from our hurts, but stays with us in the midst of them. He sits among our pain. He sits among our sickness and our grief. No matter what is happening in our lives, he is never far off. Isaiah uses the word afflicted a couple of different times. And when we think of affliction or or, or distress, oftentimes we picture ourselves being weighed down with a heavy burden, carrying, carrying more than we feel like we can stand. But in Hebrew, there's a specific picture that goes along with the word that Isaiah is using, this word afflicted. It means to be hemmed in or squeezed. It's the idea of being in too narrow a space with everything closing in around you. another scripture, Isaiah says it this way. He says, God, will you restrain yourself at these things? Will you keep silent? Will you afflict us terribly? He says in Isaiah 64. Isaiah is asking Will you put on us more than we can bear? Will you afflict us to the utmost? Will you put so much on us that we'll not be able to stand it? And all of us can relate to those moments in life when we feel trapped, when we feel there is no way out. And listen to this. On the cross, Jesus feels all of this pressure. On the cross, Jesus carries more, so much more than sin. But he carries all of the other anxiety and pain and hurt and grief that life can put on us at any given time. He carried so much, the weight of all of that was put on him on the cross. I know that in this life, there can be frustrations. I know that many of you are carrying around different heartaches and loss. I know there are moments in life when there are questions. There are moments when life feels like it's too much, when life does not seem fair. But I would challenge you in those moments To bring your questions of doubt and hurt and pain. To bring them to this one who is called the leper Messiah. The one who sits with you in the most difficult of times. The one who wants to dress every wound and who does not run from them. The one who wants to deal with every hurt and pain. The one who has promised to never leave you or forsake you. He has felt all of our distress. He has felt all of our worries. Because of that. He is always intimately near, caring for our troubles more than we could ever realize. And according to Isaiah chapter 53, he was carrying it all by saying that the coming Messiah would bear our griefs. He would carry our griefs and our sorrows. He's not saying that Jesus would contract leprosy. The early church fathers weren't saying that. But rather that he would carry them. He would would lift our burdens off of our shoulders and put them on his own. He was promising his presence. And author Brendan Manning says this, he says, Jesus never guaranteed that we would be spared suffering or victimization by evil doing. In fact, he said flatly, in this world you will have trouble. But what he promised was that during our desolate hours, there would be one set of footprints. In carrying our weakness, Jesus provides strength, and friendship in the most difficult of moments. And that's where we find him to be mighty to save, our great savior. Greatness is not found in moments of ease and comfort. It's in our moments of suffering and sorrow that Jesus is found to be great. It's in our moments of doubt, in our moments of, of pain and loss. In those moments he comes alongside of us and empowers us to endure. It's in those moments we discover a love that will never let us go and shows up right when we need him most. The story is told of a, a missionary family who comes home for a bit of time on, on furlough, and a family in their church gives them a, a lake house that they can use to be refreshed and to and to be renewed, and, and this particular family, they, they have uh, three children. They have uh, a girl who's 12 and, and two boys, one who's seven and, and one who's four. And on a particular afternoon, dad is out working in a shop down by the lake, and And mom is inside preparing the next meal. And and the 12-year-old is is placed in charge of her brothers, particularly the 4-year-old that they had the most concern about leaving him unsupervised. And so as they're all working together and as they're all playing together and and they begin to to do some things independently, the 4-year-old gets away from the older sibling. And the 12-year-old, being 12, just sure he's fine and lets him go. And then in just kind of this... Shocking moment, everybody in the family hears a thud and a splash as this four-year-old who cannot swim has gone down to the dock and who has slipped off and fallen into the water. And the dad, during this moment, he, he hears the thud, he hears the splash, he comes running out of this shop. And he dives down into this murky lake, into these difficult waters. And he dives down the first time, and he comes up, and he cannot find his son. He dives down the second time, and he comes up, and he cannot find his son. He goes down a third time near the dock, and there he finds his four-year-old hanging on to one of the pylons beneath the dock. And he pries his fingers loose, and he pulls him up, and he gets him up on shore. And, he, and the dad, when he gets his son into a place where he can ask him a question, he looks at him and he says, what were you doing down below the dock? The little boy looks up at his dad and says, I'm waiting on you, daddy. We could have a lot of discussion about whether or not this kid should have tried to get up and save his own life. We could have a lot of discussion about whether or not he should have even been down by the dock. I'm sure parameters were given to him somewhere he wasn't supposed to go. But there is a faith that understands that we have a Savior who will be with us in the midst of trouble, who will pursue us, who will come after us because he has carried it all, and he will be there for us right when we need him most. And instead of running from him, we need to learn to run to the, to the one who carried much more than our sin when he died on the cross and learned to trust him. I'm so thankful that God sent his one and only son to die on the cross for the sins of the world. And I'm so thankful that I've received that forgiveness. I'm, I'm so thankful that now when God the Father looks at me, that he sees his son, that, that he sees me differently, that he sees me as not having anything against him, He sees the sacrifice of the one that he sent. And I'm so thankful that he continues to forgive me when I mess up, when I, day by day, when I stumble, when I fall, when I get into moments of spiritual leprosy. I'm so thankful that he carried much more than my sins on that cross. He carried every grief, he carried every hurt, he carried every sorrow carried every moment of guilt, every moment of doubt. He carried all of that with him. And because of that, we can trust him. One author says this, only trust makes trouble endurable. Trust not because God has offered proof, but because he has shown his face. And today on this Good Friday, We look at the face of the one who carried not only every sin, but every pain. He's promised us his presence. No matter how we contract our leprosy, we were made for him. And nothing else could ever satisfy us. And if we will allow him, he will sit with us. He will tend to us. He will bandage our wounds. And he will do what only he can do. He will heal us. He will continue to transform us day by day if we will let him. By enduring what he did one Friday and by God giving him the power to do what he did one Sunday morning, he has proven himself to be the savior that every one of us can trust in faith and hope. Would you bow your heads in prayer? I want to take just a few moments, allow just a few moments of of reflection here today. I venture to say that most everyone in this room at some point has put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins. You believe in the power of his resurrection that has given you new life that has already begun and that will continue until eternity. If there's anyone in here who has not put your faith and trust in Christ, I would challenge you to do that today to know that this Jesus that was sent from God died on the cross for your sins. He has wiped it all away so that you could be one with the Father. If you need to put your faith and trust in Christ today, you can just reach out to him in prayer and say, God, I believe that you did this for me. I believe that you sent your son for me. I put my faith and trust in him today. And I believe that more than just his death on Friday, that he lives again because of what he did on Sunday. And help me to learn how to live in the way that he would want me to and to follow him every single day. If you pray anything like that in your own words today, I would ask you after this service to visit our help center. Let one of us pray with you and and follow up with you and help you get started right. If you're here today as a Christ follower, as one who has believed that this Good Friday is not just for the sins of the world, but for your sins. I want to challenge you in these moments, in this moment, to thank Him that He died for more than just your sins, but for your hurts. Thank Him that He died for more than just your sins, but your doubts. He died for more than just your sins. He died for your sorrows. He died for the tough moments, He is never far off. He is always intimately near. I don't know what someone in here may be struggling with today. I've heard different accounts over the last couple weeks and talked and counseled with different people in the church who feel like they want to run away from God, who feel like that their circumstances are too much. I want to tell you, it's not too much. He carried it all on the cross. What you're dealing with may feel like the weight of the world. You may feel so squeezed. He died for that. He was afflicted for that, for you. This moment, Christ follower, child of God, thank him for dying for more than just your sins. our hosts with heads bowed and eyes closed I want to invite our hosts they're going to help us to give communion today if you would get into your places Because of the cross we know he can be trusted because of the cross even in our most difficult moments it can be so sweet to trust in Jesus some of you right now need to ask God for the grace to trust him more trust is not something we can do in our own power it has to come from him but he grants it to everyone who asks Father God, I thank you that every day we can look to the cross. But today we look to the one who suffered for us. God, may we look at him brand new today. The man of sorrows who died for every sin, who also died for every hurt. God, thank you that in the person of Jesus you have shown your face. God, teach us to trust you more as we dwell on your cross. Teach us, God, to lay our hurts at your feet. And God, would you heal us? Would you transform us? Would you make us new? Because, God, we know that following every moment of death, every moment of hurt, that because of Jesus, there's resurrection. And so, God, we're mindful of a Friday. but Oh, how we look forward to Sunday teach us to live and to walk in that power every single day. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to read a passage to you from Ephesians. And we're going to take communion together. And I want to ask you today, when you're, when you're ready, you can come and take communion either here at the front or we've got some set up at the back. Just go to the one closest to you. And then come back to your seats. We're going to continue to, to worship together. The way we have this laid out today, there's a a wafer in the basket and then there's a cup of juice and you just take the wafer and, and dip it into the juice and it represents the body of Christ broken for every single one of us we remember on this day and the blood that was shed. Ephesians chapter two says this, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ for he himself is our peace. Who has made the two one. He's destroyed the barrier. The dividing wall of hostility. By setting aside in his flesh. The law with its commands and regulations. His purpose. The purpose of the cross. Was to create in himself. One new humanity. Thus making peace. And in one body. To reconcile all of us to God. Through the cross. Today because of the cross of Christ. We are one family. In this room and family of Christ followers all around the world. Only the death of Christ could be big enough to unite us together. May we be totally united in this moment. If you're sitting there in your chair and you're reflecting and, and, and coming, before you come to this basket and, and to this cup, would you be sure that there is nothing in the way of you taking from this? Would you come worthy of this table? If there's anybody in your life that you need to make things right with, if there's anyone that you need to forgive, would you purpose in your heart to do that? If there's any sin that's unconfessed in your life, would you bring that before the cross today, right there in your chair, and just ask for his forgiveness, and then receive his blessing of of being a part of this family of God, this one new humanity, and receive his peace. Let's pray together before we take communion. God, May we experience the peace of Jesus Christ made possible through the cross according to your word today. God, may we know at every moment of our lives. And God, when we stray, bring us right back. May we learn to focus more on your cross every single day. Thank you for the Savior. Thank you for what he endured. Thank you for what he suffered. Thank you for his love. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.